That was the best thing that happened all day. Oh my God, we all went at the same time. Ooh, Ooh welcome to the woman your mother warned you about. <laughs> welcome, Jeff. I'm not going to make any references to hitting the button. I'm not going to do anything but like that. But why not? This is the place to do it. Yeah, you can do it here. Oh, man. I listened to the episode with Nikki Braffman yesterday when I was in the airport, and I was like, oh, man. Which way do I go? Got to remember who my target audience is. Got to remember that my mom might oh, listen to fuck this. Oh, <laughs> Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. The podcast that keeps business sexy again. I'm Gina Tremarco, master sales trainer at Sales Gravy, which is also the sponsor of this show. Woo woo. I'm Rachel Pitts, mommy, wifey, and mortgage loan officer at U.S. Mortgage Corporation and creator of Your UltraFed Lifestyle. Super happy to be here today. Yeah, you are. I This episode is juicy, I think, with Jeff Bajoric. Oh my gosh, we never even talked about my lasagna recipe. <gasps> I just realized that. He wa- <laughs> d- just so you guys understand, Jeff really wants Gina's lasagna recipe. He really, really does. And I promised I would give it to him. I guess I'm going to have to give it to him at Outbound. Gosh, that did not sound right. How that just came out of my mouth. Well, there's a lot of things that don't sound right on this <laughs> podcast, but that's kind of how we roll. So, And people still listen and people still sponsor. So there's that. <laughs> we have fun. But you guys will love Jeff. First of all, he's got a super sexy voice and we appreciate mm. his lovely wife, Laura, letting us borrow him for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit about Jeff. Jeff is a sales trainer and consultant, author of two books, The Five Forgotten Fundamentals of Prospecting and When It Goes Sideways, and the host of two podcasts, The Why and The Buy, which I have been on, and Deeper Thought, which makes me think about his headshot with his hand under his chin looking very thoughtful. You'll have to go look at that. (laughs) There are only a few things you can do to sell more, but a lot of things can get in the way. Jeff removes those barriers by helping you rethink the way you sell. What did you think of this episode? I think that I want more of Jeff in another episode is what I think. We go we go into some really interesting topics about self-perception and self-image and being authentic and selling authentically. And I just feel like we could have gone on and on and on forever. But Jeff has clients he had to attend to. So he had to stop when we stopped. Sadly. I know. I know. I know. I know. We're going to have to have him back. And again, this is, I think, another powerful episode about the importance of being real and who you are and standing in your value. And we have often talked about imposter syndrome and being authentic and all of those things. This is a, a, just another great example of just the different things that the three of us have experienced and how important it is to just be who you are. So sit back and listen to this awesome episode with Jeff Bajoric. It's fine. Your mom was warned by the title of this podcast. She was. Listen, and I married a woman 
she warned me about. So it's all good. You know what? You just saved us a lot of trouble, Jeff, because we normally ask that type of question. So tell us why. Yeah, let's start the show. Your lovely wife and tell us her name. Why is she a woman your mother warned you about? Oh, um, she challenges the status quo at almost every opportunity. Um, she makes me think differently. She challenges me to be a better man every single day, which translates into every other aspect of my life, including my professional life. Um, uh, her name is Laura, by the way, because you asked me that. That that's not that's, there's no cause for alarm there, but <laughs> the um, uh, yeah, no, she's uh, she's amazing. I was just talking. I was talking recently. I don't know when this is going to go. So I was talking recently with a group of students um, at Kansas State University. I was they they brought me in to talk to their ambassador group and do some coaching for one of their courses. And um, I was asked, "What is my the accomplishment that I'm most proud of?" And uh, I said, "Well, professionally, personally, what?" And they said, "Yes." I said, "Okay, um, I'm going to start with my wife." and my family and and so my my wife and then my kids and then those make everything possible um and uh there's no way i'd be sitting where i am today doing what i do today if it weren't for um her encouragement her support her like uh, what's the word i'm looking for it is um unflappable belief in me and uh her insisting for me to challenge my own superstitions by reconciling them against what I know to be true, and just uh, wouldn't be who I am without her. I'm not saying I'd be some shithead if I what if I didn't have her, right? Like she didn't pull me out of the gutter. <laughs> I was never a loser or anything, but like she, like she's the fuel. She's she's provided a lot of fuel. You like to, me to all, well fire. up in tears. Like I don't know. I must be emotional. <laughs> I was just like reading a, the intro to a book a minute ago and welling up with tears. And Laura is just amazing. <laughs> I love you, Laura. Thank you. I I, I, I want to marry a Laura. I know. <laughs> is she available? Laura, find find one who who spells her name with an H, L A U R A H. That's how you know they're good. Oh, wow. Wow. Now I have to make sure she listens to this. You, you will. Um, well, we can <laughs> we can be gentle with you, or we can be rough. You have a choice. There's a way I could answer that that I'm not going to, oh God. but I'm going to let you set the tone and I'm up for anything. How I about think that? we should go rough because he's got a great voice and he obviously loves his voice. Just, thank you. I was like, Laura would not want me to say that he has I'm going to say it, but he does. His voice is sexy. And by the way, I want you to know, I, I, Rachel, like when we were interviewing Larry, I know somewhere and I don't know where it was that you texted me or maybe it was Nian. I don't know. Or maybe it was Ulysses. No, it was me. I texted you that Larry's voice was a turn on too. Yeah. His voice is like sexy. I mean, but yours is also very sexy, Jeff. So we don't want to diminish that. <laughs> Just let me know. You know, really, you what it. we're doing here is we are pre-screening and auditioning um, people to be part of our panel of experts at Outbound because okay. we are the women your mother warned you about live at Outbound. So apparently, we are running sexy voices need yeah. only apply. We're running some kind of TV show. <laughs> We are the okay. Oprahs of Outbound. I've been informed. Okay. So you you could you could end up on that wait, show. Wait a minute. Do I get to be Oprah too? Because it was you are the Oprah of Outbound, and now am I too? Because I'm the- Gail. <laughs> you're you're you're, you're Stedman. 
<laughs> I can be Stedman or Gail. Well, I, I, I kind of liked being Oprah for a second. Yeah, that's cool. Right. <laughs> Jeb dubbed me the Oprah. Now, he, I was physically in his presence when he said this. So in all fairness, you were not top of mind, Rachel. But I, sure. but I put you in the group with me as the other Oprah. Thank you. Here's the thing. I think you, you should both be Oprah. Good point. Oprah is, is she not like the voice of the, like the, the, um, the surrogate voice of your mother, like Jiminy Cricket kind of in the back of your head. Like sometimes, you know, she's, she, I feel like sometimes she's the wise elder, maybe not your mother, your grandmother, right? She's the wise experienced one who just looks at things a different way and, and challenges you to do the same thing. Sometimes like it's really hard. You know what she, Not that I haven't disagreed with her, but it's kind of hard to disagree with her the way she carries herself and the way she looks well, at things. Basically what you're saying is she's a woman your mother warned you about. I know a couple of those. I'm, I'm down with Jeff. We're, we're, we are going to stick to, we are both the Oprah's. Yay. Yeah, we're both we're both the Oprah's. It is exciting to have yeah. you here. Cause you, this is your first time being on our show. I've been on your show and I have been slack in having you here with us. Why not now? This is a great opportunity. I'm, I'm not that memorable. I'm not a great guest. <laughs> you are. You I know, don't do this I, very I often. I reached out to Jeff on LinkedIn because I was doing my let's reach out to everybody on Outbound on LinkedIn thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll be on your show in a minute. I'm like, oh, yeah. And he said, I'm not that memorable. And I think it's totally, I think I would like you, Jeff, to remove that phrase of self-deprecation out of your vocabulary because you are memorable. Well, thank you. Am I, am I so memorable that the self-deprecation doesn't actually make you laugh? Or, I mean, like, does it make you feel bad? Or is it still valuable as a punchline? Talk, talk about a good interviewer. <laughs> I just don't, I don't like when people self-deprecate at all and that's coming from someone who is a long history of self-deprecation because i think we must build our and this applies to women and probably more than men i don't really know because i'm not a man but i'm a woman Mm -hmm. and last time i checked and we we, when we self-deprecate that's the dialogue that's repeating in our minds and Mm. And we should be repeating the best possible dialogue in our minds. Like you wouldn't uh, hang around with a friend and you wouldn't hang around with a guy that's like, this is Jeff. He's not very memorable. You know what? That's such a great, that's such a great point. And I'm often reminded, my wife reminds me of this more often than anything, but I'm often reminded that uh, the worst boss that I've ever had is often me. And that sometimes, um, you know, I wouldn't allow, I wouldn't allow someone else to talk to me that way. So, there is that aspect of it. I will say this. I am, like you, turned off by excessive self-deprecation. Sometimes for me, well, and that was like our first ever interaction, right? So all you know now is self-deprecation. I use it very, very sparingly and when I know it to not be true. Um, because for me, sometimes it's just a way of, um, for, for me, it's sometimes a way of, I don't want to say checking my ego, but, um, like I have plenty of ego and I, I try to keep it in check and more often than not, I'm, I'm, um, not always self-deprecating, but I, I try to remember that I need to be a little bit more humble. I think humility is a really, 
admirable character. And I think in a lot of ways, I don't recognize how great I am at some things too. So it's a really weird kind of a spectrum, but um, I completely agree with you that self-deprecation too much of it is, I mean, it's bad news. Mm-hmm. It's just who wants to hang around with that person is always beating himself up or herself up. It's like, oh my God, are you begging for a compliment here? Like, is, do you need me to just give you a hug or is that really a punchline? And um, I will keep that in mind. Okay. I, I think so, you, I think you've so, so, sorry, go, Gina. No, 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 go ahead. No, no, finish. I was going to say, so what we're really saying here is that you're just so awesome that you got to like bring it down a little like, (laughs) you know, I mean, every once in a while, you know, what I, this is what I do know. I do know that, um, there are a lot of people out there who think more highly of me than I realize. There are a lot of people out there who think more highly of me than I do. And every once in a while, a punchline like that helps me kind of, um, I know what you're saying. It, it helps me kind of acknowledge that without me feeling like my head is filling the room, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I don't walk around talking about myself that way, but every once in a while I'll allude to the fact that other people think of me that way as if I know. And, and we move forward. I, I think that's really important to touch on um, for so many different reasons. Self-deprecation, especially in comedy, you know, we do it a lot in comedy mm-hmm. and you can self-deprecate versus make fun of other people. So self-deprecation is good for that. And for those of us, especially, you know, we're salespeople, but we are in front of a camera. We are bigger than life. We are our own, you know, celebrities in our own world. And so we are watched by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we do, you know, we hear this you know, with the podcast, but I, you know, I hear this as a speaker. I hear this as a trainer. People follow us and we don't realize that they follow us. And I think it's great to keep our egos in check so we don't become assholes because it's possible that that could happen. And at the same time, like you said, we don't always realize our greatness Mm -hmm. and others do. And and so we want to balance that too because we want to own the greatness. And I think you probably see this as a sales coach too. A lot of the coaching I do the biggest problem they have is confidence and they come to me 100%. and that's what they say is their problem. They have comfort, they have confidence issues in a sales conversation and they come mm-hmm. to me and they go, I want to be like you. And I'm like, no, you want to be like you, but how yeah. do you do what you do? I'm like, it came with practice number one, but it also came with people telling me I was great. That helped build the confidence. At some point, you have to look around the room and realize the other people are in it. And I'm sorry, you realize that the other people that are in it are looking at you the same way that you look at them. And at some point, the light bulb has to go on. I mean, and it's slowly and surely coming to me. And I think some of it's because I've looked at some of the wrong metrics for what that is. And in other ways, I've looked around. I'm like, man, that person does something really good. And that person does something really well. And I think a lot of times we don't. We don't recognize that everybody else has some similar insecurities and it isn't until you pull someone aside who you've been looking up to forever and they're like, yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that, you know, whoa, you have that side at all? Like you were bulletproof until 30 seconds ago when you told me that. And the, the more layers of the onion you peel back, the the more you learn and the more perspective you get. And um, I'm, I'm starting to peel back more of those layers. Which then goes back to the self-deprecation yeah. that sometimes it is okay to show that. I, I was doing a presentation um, a couple of days ago to a, a, a fairly large prospect. 
and you'll love this, Rachel. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to tear the Band-Aid off and I'm going to use this damn Mac Pro book that I've been avoiding because I just don't want to do it. And I'm like, is, that like, a, is that like a MacBook Pro? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I wonder if that was the same thing. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> just so you know, Jeff, I've been berating her for years, years about getting a Mac. So so here I am making a sales presentation via Zoom on my Mac and I can't get the fucking proposal to show. I cannot share my screen and I don't know why it won't fucking share. And this is a really big whale. Sweat, sweat, sweat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm like this fucking Mac Everyone wants me to get a goddamn Mac. Luckily, this person likes to jokingly call himself the president of the Gina Tremarco fan club. Don't know why, but he does. So good people to have. So the good news is the prospect is the president of the Gina Tremarco fan club. Now, there are several presidents of the Gina Tremarco fan club. I just don't let them know. I think them. I let them all think they're the only one. <laughs> so. So I literally have to go to my, I'm like, and I'm trying to keep my cool because now we're in professional mode. All this other interactions we've had, we've been, you know, joking around. I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me just, let me just go to the other computer. Now I have to send the proposal, the the deck to myself, to the other computer. I have to log in to the other computer. I have to get on Zoom on the other computer. And then I got to pull up and share. And the guy's like, I love this. There's two camera angles of you. The whole while you're doing this soft shoe, right? To try to distract them. Winning. (laughs) There's two camera angles of you. There's a point to this story. And I'm like, that is not a good angle. And I look at myself. I'm like, shit. And he goes, I am just, you're human. That's Mm -hmm. what he said. You're human. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm just so happy to see. Because if that were me, shit. I'm like, and so that's the point. People have to see that we're not perfect. So this this leads me into something, and I'll go back to where I was just the, the story I was telling earlier about the the students and um, I follow people to present to them. I follow people like Jeb Blunt. I follow people like Mike Weinberg. I follow, I follow people like Lee Saltz. Like what? You asked me to come to Manhattan, Kansas. You like okay. And um, so, you know, I, I coach a couple of courses during the day and then in the evening I've got their brightest and best have assembled for this meeting in a big classroom and everything. And uh, they submitted questions ahead of time. And I looked at some of these questions and I was like, whoa, these are not like, hey, can you help me with my cold email template? Can you, you know, how, how often, how many calls should I be making? These are not like fluff level uh, not, not that these are fluffy questions. These are not surface level sales questions. I had a question. What have you learned in your career that you wish you would have known when you were 21? It's like, okay. Funny you should say <laughs> So I, so I, I leaned, I said, I was excited at that point. Oh, good. And so I we looked, hope you have an answer I looked, for that. oh, I did. And so I looked and, um, I, I looked at, um, Kelly Jackson, who was our, our host. And, um, I said, Hey, can we just do like, can we, I don't have, I hear myself talk every day. I don't need to stand up in front of a room of 25 people and and put up another slide deck and highlight three chapters from my book. Like they get plenty of that. 
And I do that all the time. I said, can we just do this fireside chat style? She said, yeah, that'd be great. So we went and did this whole thing for about an hour and a half. I did a little bit of a presentation at the beginning because I had some points I wanted to make because there was certainly a, a, um, a, a, a purpose that I was brought in, right? There's a lot of COVID fatigue. If you're in college right now and you're thinking that this is the way things have to be, that everything you thought you knew as a young person has been turned upside down. So I had some remarks about that and I had some remarks to close at the end about swagger because I think that all ties everything together. But in the middle, I said, look, I hear myself talk all the time, but you didn't fly me in here to hear something canned. So let's, let's have a conversation. If this was your question, I want to know whose it was so I can look right at you and deliver a message. Went to dinner with a few of the students um, after everything was done. And I said, okay, unvarnished feedback. What did you think? And they said, we really liked how real that was. So we, it, it was, we had questions. We felt heard. You responded. We got an insight of what it's like to be in sales, not how to sell. We need that. Mm. It's like, oh, okay. How refreshing is that? Because that's what I do. And it, it's, it's, it's an interesting position that it puts me in. And there are a lot of people, I think, in your audience like this who, who will um, appreciate this. There's what you feel like you have to present yourself as. And then there's what you really do. And sometimes... The perceived difference between those two things is way bigger than the actual difference between those two things. And uh, it's really hard to put that into words, which makes it hard to reach your ideal client. And until you can get over your own ego and um, not just your ego, but your own um, insecurities, which is just the other side of ego, it's really hard to make that connection. It's really hard to be your best self, do your best work. Hey, Warners, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already hopped over to iTunes to give us a review, please do so. Yes, I'm actually begging because you know what? If you give us a review, it takes like 30 seconds. It really helps more people find what we have to say. And if you're listening to this right now, you think what we have to say is valuable. So let's spread the love. Give us a review. Please, pretty please. (laughs) Now back to the show. Well, you know, I, I'm going to go back to the beginning of, of this conversation or this podcast. I don't know if it ever officially started, but thank God. Our, yeah. Is this the show, yeah, this by is, the way? By the, is this, this what is we do? the show, by the way. And our producer will figure out how to edit it because he's amazing. Oh, okay. your mother warned you about. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is really how we roll. And I think we've also mm-hmm. evolved into this in this in, in, our, in our third season and why people like coming to the show because we just kind of evolve into the conversation, which now I forgot mm-hmm. the whole point of what I was going to say just before the beginning of the, the beginning of the, the show. beginning of the show, mm-hmm. the beginning of the show when we're like, you know, <laughs> and you're like, ah, I'm going to decide here, which, 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 you know, basically which persona you were going to take to be on this show. How do you want it? And, and, and the thing is, is how we want it is we want you to be you. Okay. And, and and that's and and I think this is a really important learning lesson for everybody. This is a constant that comes up. You hit it on the head. You you cannot get clear. And I'm like huge on this, especially because I teach a lot of Jeb stuff. And the mm-hmm. problem I see over and over and over again is messaging. And it's the messaging in who we are, not just as an individual, but who they are as a company and the problem that they solve. And and they get either too lofty with it. They, they don't get granular enough. Um, they try to be all things to all people. And, and the buyer just can't wrap their head around that because the buyer has nope. very specific problems and the seller is not even, is not taking the time to 
dig down deep into what the issue is. And so if we all just stand in exactly who we are and not be so freaking scared that people aren't going to buy from us because of who we are, think about the people who are going to buy from us because of who we are. Mm-hmm. Not of who we are not. Right. And that's right. the constant that I see. So it's like, just show up as you. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jeb's third time on our show, which lives in infamy. Um, and Jeb Jr. was like, literally told me he couldn't li- finish listening to the show because he was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> he literally was at the gym. This is a couple weeks ago. He's like, I just, I dropped a dumbbell on the floor. I couldn't listen anymore. I just did not want to listen to my father say the F word. And I mean, we had Jeb saying fuck. And it actually surprised us even. And this is before I went to work for him. He he just became him, himself, right? And so now that mm-hmm. I work for him, I, I know all the inner workings of him. He just became himself on that show. And there was something magical about it to me, yeah. especially now in hindsight that I work for him, is that somehow we disarmed him mm. to be himself. Mm. On our if show. That's not part of your if that's not part of your value proposition. It was me. I did it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but there is a there's two different there's two different presentations sometimes. Like I'm sure, Jeff, you you're presenting to a bunch of corporate guys. Yeah. You have they expect you to be a certain yeah, amount of lofty. And yep. you know, and then again, they might love it if you're just normal because they're just normal sometimes too. So I guess It's interesting when you serve so many different industries and so many different um, types of clients like I do. Um, It ties me up in knots sometimes. Like I have t-shirts with my logo on it because I like wearing t-shirts and I like my logo. But then that goes out on LinkedIn and then the guy at the Fortune 500 or the woman, you know, CFO or CRO at Fortune 50 sees me and like, can I take this guy seriously? He wears a t-shirt to work. Meanwhile, there's somebody else. They get, oh, that's a really badass t-shirt. I want one of those t-shirts. I wonder if I reach out to him, maybe he'll send one to me. And I will just shoot me an email. And the, um, like, it's such a weird thing to balance. And so I feel like, and, and it's interesting that you got Jeb to, you know, kind of lighten up or, or I don't want to, that's not fair. I don't know Jeb well enough to throw shade at him like that, but you got Jeb to be himself. We got him to say fuck. And, yeah. And... <laughs> The, which is like, which no is one, not uncommon. I was well. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've talked to Jeb a couple of times. It doesn't surprise me that that word's in his vocabulary. Um, but um, yeah, very little surprises me. But when I listen to you, just to kind of prep for this show, I'm 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 like, oh yeah, I okay. This is a place I can go and I can let loose. And all right, cool. And then I was like, my first instinct was, this is going to be really fun. My immediate next instinct was, ooh, how fun do I want to let it be? Because, and look, if my wife were right here, she'd grab a pair of headphones and a and a uh, and a um, microphone, and she'd be right in with it, right. And the more that she got to know everybody here, the more fun we could have. And there's certainly a line of propriety with flirtatious behavior and things like that. Some of it's fun. Some of it's like, come on, Jeff, knock it off. Right. But who's going to hear this? How careful do I need to be? How careful do I want to be? And and that's that there's always, I think the, the, the personal brand that we all leave behind, you leave a digital trail of your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions 
whether you like it or not. And everybody's potentially watching. And that will make people clam up. That will make people get stiff. That will make people not show their best selves, which is what we should all be doing. And I think the, the, the real journey here is trying to figure out what that looks like. And sometimes you have to look in the mirror and you don't always like what you see. That hits different now than it did 10 years ago. And it was easier just to display perfection. Except nobody or wants to buy from a machine. Perfection. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, I go back to this little fireside chat thing. I'm like, okay, do you want me to stand up here and be sales expert guy? Or can I just be Jeff? And can I be inspired by the fact that you all have so much in front of you as college students with your entire lives in front of you? You have no idea how much you don't know yet. But even though you think you got it all figured out. And like, that's inspiring to me. Can I show how excited I am? Or should I launch into keynote presentation, Jeff, with a jacket and a pocket square and a nice pair of shoes and just pontificate? Do you have a pocket square? Oh, I love pocket squares. I don't like to wear ties very often because that, that's a little too buttoned up. I have some killer ties too, but I, 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 I like the coat, the pocket square, a nice shirt. Yes. I bet Laura likes the pocket square. She digs the pocket square. I like I a pocket square. I'd like a man with a pocket square. You know, we had a guest on a while back, Michael Shine, who has a, a book called The Hype Handbook. And, and it, when I read it, it changed my whole thing and turned me into the way that I promote myself as the singing lender. And it became super fun to be myself. Because to your point, Jeff, I am in the mortgage industry right now. Mm-hmm. And like most lenders are they're like suit with their arms crossed and they're going to tell you how amazing they're going to everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to go so smooth and perfect and my marketing shifted after reading the hype handbook because i'm a performer i'm not i don't fit in with that crowd i never have i felt uncomfortable trying to fit in so i'm like fuck it i'm gonna be i'm gonna turn the volume up of the fact that I don't fit in and just be completely mm-hmm. ostentatious. And now my messaging as it comes out is all about, Hey, look, the mortgage process is hard. It's complicated. There's going to be some shit that blows up. That's going to make you upset. Mm-hmm. It's going to be confusing. And I'm going to help you through that. Cause I'm real. I understand. I've had bad credit. I know all the things like, let's do this. And mm-hmm. it's just so much fun too, which is the most important. Wait, wait, authentic- wait, 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 wait. You're leaving out a very important piece of information that you shared with me today. Which part? The email. The email you sent me. Oh, oh. This This is important. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, and literally, just to let people know, you're going to have doubts sometimes. Last night, I was literally in the shower like... Maybe this is the wrong way to go. Maybe it's just too much. I don't know. Well, the CEO and founder of US Mortgage, who is an incredible leader, he's been in the mortgage industry forever and ever. And he sent me an email this morning thanking me for doing this creative marketing. And um, it was just very sweet and it came out of the blue and I, it literally made me, well, maybe that's why I'm all weepy today, but it made my, me well up in tears. Cause I'm like, okay, it's cool. Like I can be myself, even like the CEO and founder yeah. in his big New York office, who is like the head honcho is like, that's pretty awesome. And I appreciate you doing that. I, this really is cool. huge. I don't, I mean, I deal. literally cried when you sent me that email. Oh. Big deal. 
It was it, cool. It's a huge deal because because of the work you've done to get there, the doubts mm-hmm. you've had, the haters that you've had behind it, and you stayed persistent and resilient and you kept doing it. And and that Michael Shine book did help you of like embracing this is who I am and I'm going to stick with it. And either people are going to want to follow me and, and work with me or they're not. And, and it's fun. And it's fun. And, right. and selling should be fun. And that's my point is that yeah. stop worrying so much about, I mean, there are times where we have to adjust to the client to some extent. Yes, I agree sure. with that. But do not abandon who you are. Let that lead you in the process because what you're going to end up doing is actually attracting more business, repelling the business you don't want, which means you don't have to prospect so fucking hard. I I, I truly believe that. I believe that you become a magnet for business yep. when you stand in who you are. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's important. So I wonder what the next barrier is because let's think about who, I mean, Gina, you and I, we, we sell similar things, right? So let's think about who buys from us, executives, directors, VPs, right? There is a VP out there who knows that what you're talking about in terms of authenticity and, and, and what, what I'm, what I just went through or, or I discussed, not going through, but what I just, just discussed and know that that's going to resonate with their team. If they're emotionally intelligent enough, they know that's going to resonate with their team. But then they have to make that same admission. And if you are in a VP and have been a VP level for, if you're in a VP role and you've been there for any length of time, you probably have a facade that you need to break through. And that is the thing that concerns me. Not whether or not it's going to work. I don't have a client that I haven't resonated with on some on some level. But... You have to get sometimes the person with the money to get over their own ego and break their own barriers down in front of their team, which is real hard to do because that's their entire career that they've built up in some cases. Well, nobody told them that they could be themselves. Right. Well, we're telling them right now, but we're a little late for some people. (laughs) And and, and and that's what we're doing right now, which Uh an interesting kind of segue and story with this this really became evident to me about standing in who I am because someone challenged me to make the choice. Mm-hmm. And this was almost three years ago because I re- distinctly remember it. I was in Dallas because uh, I was doing a lot of business there. And I had just gotten back from Jeffrey Gittimer's studio where I was in his studio doing an interview because I bamboozled my way into his studio. And I had just told him about Rachel and I wanting to do this show, The Woman Your Mother Warned You About. And it was still just an idea. And he loved it. And he's like, we need more women podcasting. We need more women in sales podcasting. Why don't you join the Seller Die Network, which brings mm-hmm. us, the whole world comes back around because this is how you and I know each other, right? Right. So I pitch, I, I start talking about this idea and he's pushed it to the next level for us to come under his umbrella to join the Seller Die Network. And you were part of the Seller Die Network. Mm-hmm. And I was telling this person in Dallas who at one time worked for him and he's an interesting brand of, of his own because not everybody likes him. 
Right. Right. A lot of women hate him. I love him. He's like a talking about Jeffrey. Yeah. Okay. Not a lot of people. There are a lot of women that are turned off by him. So because he's but he owns his persona. So that's 100 percent. You know, that is number one. So I was telling this person about my conversation with Jeffrey because he's like, you should write you should write some articles for me. You should write an article about. Uh, bitch slapping people and like I can't remember exactly but I believe the word bitch came up somewhere in there that sounds yep yeah it sounds like Jeffrey and I stood back for a second I'm like yes and then I was like oh shit what do I mean can I do that can I should I do that like what will people think of me and will people hire like same thing you just talked about and I went through this like crazy like what do I do and I was telling this woman this in Dallas and she goes you need to make a choice. You need to take a stand. You're either going to be that woman or you're not. You have to make a choice. Which one are you going to be? And that was that moment for me. And even Rachel and I through the years have gone through things where she's like, hey, I can't believe you posted that on Facebook. I, I know you, you don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had a sexy voice. <laughs> And 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 it's taken me a while to just slowly ease into and then and then there was a day at Sales Gravy, right? Like so now I joined Sales Gravy and I'm trying to be all things Sales Gravy and Jeb Blunt. Right? Mm-hmm. Ha! And <laughs> he wants me to create a promotional video. So he's like, get in the way things were just go in the studio, get with so and so, shoot the video, you know, you're the fun, you're the fun one. Just, you know, we want a sizzle reel for you, blah, blah, blah. So I put together all these perfect little questions and I go into the studio with Trey, my producer, and Jeb so happens to walk in after he's done training a client and he's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, what do you, what do you, and he like starts look. he's like, what, what are these questions? This isn't you. He's yeah. like, that's it. Stop. I'm directing this. And he literally, he just in the moment just started like, firing questions at me and coaching me into this. He's like, you're fun. Be fun. (laughs) Right now. Be fucking fun. (laughs) He's like, why should people work with you? No, really. Why should people work with you? Why should people, why should people want you to train their employees? You're the fun one. This, I've been doing video now for, I don't know, five and a half years. And it started really bad. But, after I got my business started, I was like, oh, you got to be on video. So, all right, Jeff, let's get on video. I remember I have gone through different cameras. I have, I'm in a basement office, right, with the drop ceiling. I've done so many things to change the lighting and adding light and all this other stuff. And I still am not happy with it, but it works. And uh, I remember a time probably six months after I started, my wife looks at me and she says, Jeff, I see these videos. She's like, sounds like you. Looks like you. And uh, I love you. But I would not date that guy. (laughs) You've taken, I I know you wrote it. I know you read it from a teleprompter. I know that like these even sound like things that you would say, but that's not the guy that I love looking at every day. That's not the guy I look forward to talking to every day. Would you please stop trying so damn hard and just be Jeff? I got rid of the teleprompter. I um, allow myself to stutter. I allow myself to 
sometimes froth at the mouth a little bit and get so worked up and unpolished that you can tell how passionate that I am. And, um, I mean, I will rant, I will lose my train of thought sometimes and then say, oh, okay, I just lost my train of thought there, but back to the point and all in a four minute video sometimes. And I get responses. I get comments on social media. I get emails, get things like that. Like, I love how passionate you are, Jeff. This is clearly something that you're, you're into. Like, this is good. Thank you. Really hit me. What Jeff would be a subject that could get you frothing at the mouth? That is a loaded question. Um, what am I working on right now? Um, I think sales did not change because of COVID. And I think the sales profession will be better off for COVID, even though full dis- disclosure with all the sensitivity to people who has been absolutely dog shit terrible for recently. I understand that. But the sales profession in the long term, um, you're allowed to argue with me, but you're also entitled to be wrong. And... Um, yeah, those are those are things that I'm really thinking about right now um, that I get pretty fired up about. I, I don't have a problem taking a stance, um, but it's yeah. I oh, what what really gets me? Um, I can't I can't sell right now because I can't get face to face with my customers. Give me a break. Are, are you begging me to get frothy here? Yes. Is, is that what this is, Rachel? Froth. Um, yeah. Froth it up. <laughs> froth. I, I know, you're Frothing just... at the mouth. Don't forget, you're you're interviewing to be on the Oprah and Oprah show. <sighs> the Oprah and Oprah's the Oprah the Oprah and Oprah show from Outbound, sponsored by Sales Gravy. Yes. Um. I don't know. I'm not, you know, that's, it's tough to do on the spot. I, I, it, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just no, like the image of you passionately <laughs> frothing at the mouth. Oh no. And, and, and it happens. It's, it's tough to shift gears from being like really introspective and kind of like, no, really let's, let's get vulnerable here. And then all of a sudden, all right, Jeff, can you get like really fired up now? <laughs> like, okay, let me just drop this transmission going from reverse into fifth. Yeah. Good. That, that's, that's good. Um, I, one of the reasons that I think COVID was really good for the sales profession long term is that um, it knocked people out of their routine, knocked them on your, uh, knocked them on their heels a little bit, and um, it exposed a lot of clowns for some bullshit excuses. And don't tell me that you can't make a call. Uh, don't don't tell me that you can't sell to your customers because you um, can't get face to face with them about it to, to discuss. Well, what was it that you were going to say to them in the same room as them that you couldn't say on the phone or over a zoom call like this? Like, can you please help me understand this? Like, is it you that were making those sales or was it the corporate credit card buying the, whatever it was that you bought for this customer that was going to make the sale. And so if you can't sell face to face, or if you can't sell except face to face, you can't sell. I hate to break it to you. You can't do that. Shh. Like, give me a break. And, um, you get the excuses you get. It's, it's, I, um, well, that, that goes hand in hand with uh, using the pandemic objection as a valid objection. See the pandemic is a dangerous, it's a dangerous thing because it's legit. Mm-hmm. Like let's not pretend that it didn't happen and let's not pretend that it didn't have an impact on businesses. Right. But the, don't, Put an excuse in your customer's mouth. Don't spend their money for them, by the way. Ah, you know, pandemic, this is a lot. This is a big ask here. I don't know if I'm going to. It's their money. You owe it to them to at least ask ask them for it. 
If you really believe in what you do, you owe it to them to ask them for their money. It's a weird way to look at things, but I like it. And just because the pandemic affected you or just because the pandemic created a level of uncertainty, you need to remind yourself of what you know to be true. You always need to remind yourself of what you know to be true. And you have a job to do. One, you have a job to do. I don't care if it's harder now. It's still a choice. Right now, it might be one of a very small amount of choices that you have, and I will respect that. However, if you're going to do it, do it. And stop thinking about what you can't do. Focus instead on what you can. And you still have solutions to problems that people have. You still owe it to yourself, your company, and your prospect to get in front of them and explain the way that you can help them and dig a little bit deeper into the issues that they're having. Because the pandemic also did something else. It gave people a lot more time to talk about the problems that they were experiencing. A lot of people did not realize the gold they had in front of them. You know, I, I like to say too, when you tell me I cost too much, that's a buying signal. It's not an objection. You just invited me to present to you why I'm worth more than the other guy. That right there, Warners, is one hot nugget. That is a hot nugget right there. It took a little bit of frothing to get there. Good. A little you, bit. You, you I still feel weird. I, I still feel weird about tra- shifting gears, right? Like it felt like a non sequitur. Like, but I'm, I'm, hey, listen, I'm trying to be a good guest. I'd like to be invited We're back. Unpredictable. <laughs> Welcome to the women your mother There's, warns about. Hey, we, I specifically have been trained to disrupt things, so. Yeah, oh. there's no script here, clearly. <laughs> I just like the frothing at the mouth image. And we but like to disrupt. <laughs> Let's go back to that that truth bomb that just came out, though. Okay. The objection, the price objection is something that I think pretty much every salesperson struggles with. And as mm-hmm. you just pointed out, Jeff, it, it, during the pandemic, that was is a greater fear for salespeople. Oh, everybody's mm-hmm. hurting right now. You know, I'm afraid to sell to them because I'll be insensitive. So I'm just not going to sell. It, you make a really oh, good point. That's... Here comes the froth. Here comes the froth. <laughs> I got him. It's coming out. It's coming out. He's pounding his head on the microphone. <laughs> That'll be a great video to send out, Nian. <sighs> um, most objections, at least on the surface, do not have anything that will end that will eventually relate to their motive to buy. That's a huge disconnect. Oh, I get the price objection. I get the timing objection. I get the whatever. Okay. So, um, are you saying right now? And that's those are easily the two of the first few objections you're going to do. The easiest one: just get out of my face. You cost too much. I don't have the time to talk to you. Let's move on. Um, if you look at that salesperson who just walked away. And you say, okay, so do you believe that if you cost the right amount and if you called at exactly the right time, then you would be done selling? Most of them would say no. A couple of them totally delusional and they think they'd say yes. And a smaller amount would might be right because you get lucky 2% of the time. I used to get objections all the time. I used to sell to orthopedic surgeons and we'd have a new implant out and they would ask us, do you have a study on long-term data? And the first couple of times, like, no, I don't. Okay, well, when you get a study, you come back and you talk to me. We had a new product. That meant that he, if I fell for that objection, I was not going to call on this person for 10 years, <laughs> actually 12 years, because it takes a while to compile the data, put yeah. it in a study, get it published, and bring it back. 
he knew we didn't have 10-year data because it was a new product. So it's a stupid thing to even ask for. And even then, in 10 years, I'm going to have three new generations to this product. This product's not even going to exist anymore. We won't sell it. And now, okay, so majority of salespeople walk out of the room at the, and they go back to their company and say, I can't sell them because we don't have a study. So give me a study and I'll be able to call on our customers. What? Is that how, they, is that how they sound? Well, that's how Gittimer would make them sound and you know this. <laughs> that's true. The sucky salesperson <laughs> voice. <laughs> it's one of my lasting impressions of Jeffrey. Um, and it's and it's just, it's, come on, give me a break. Right? Like it, it, but most objections don't tie into their eventual motives to buy. And most objections are very flippant. Um, they're very off the cuff. And they invite you to lean in. This is what I love about the price objection. That is, if you complain about my price, that suggests that if the price were right, you would like to buy it which means you have some emotional attachment to what it is that I'm selling. You're interested in it. We've all done it. We've all gone through the department store and that's a really nice sweater over there. And you flip over the 10 if, and if it were like 10 bucks, you would take it. Actually, if it were 10 bucks, you'd probably be skeptical of it. You might leave it on the, on the shelf. But if it were, if there were, maybe if it was on sale and you understood that it was worth something and you felt like you were getting a deal, you'd buy it, right? Most times I flip stuff over. I'm like, oh yeah, when I grow up one day, okay. And I move on. But the, um, like there's an emotional attachment at that point. There's momentum. I have a friend who says it's really hard to steer a parked car. So like if with momentum, with inertia, I can steer that. I have something I can work with. Someone who just stonewalls me and isn't interested at all. That's a much more difficult proposition. So give me the price objection. Give me the timing objection. Give me something that you think is fluff and you are just going to move. Try to try to brush me off. Like you said there, Gina. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that because most of the time that suggests that um, not only do I have potential to do some work here, um, but particularly in the case of price, you're inviting me to explain my value, which is all any salesperson has ever asked for an opportunity to do. The hard part is getting anybody to listen. But when they lean in and say, well, you don't cost your, you cost too much. I'm like, oh, sounds like you're leaned in. Can I talk about why I cost? That's actually my favorite thing to talk to because I do this, 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 and this that other people don't do. And as a result, you're going to see this, 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 and this. And, um, I think if you're going to make any investment, you're really going to want to see this. And the problem with you under investing is that you're not going to get the results you're looking for and you will still have spent the money. So, Hey, look, I may not be. You're, I may not be the right choice. We're not there yet. But if you're leaning in and asking me why I cost so damn much, I'd love to talk to you. I'm not sure we have enough time today, though, because I really like talking about it. This just this just happened um, with a client that I'm coaching, and she does listen to this show. So I'm not going to name you, but you'll know who you are when I talk <laughs> about it. And she loves me, so it's okay. And I love you, too. You know who you are. So I had given her this challenge to close X amount of deals. I gave her a challenge to close X amount of deals by a certain time. And I got on the, I got back on the, in her next session and she closed a deal and, um, but she hadn't gotten the credit card yet and she hadn't signed the contract yet. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's first talk about 
commitment and psychological mm-hmm. commitment and you need those things. And then I'm like, so tell me like, what was it? What'd you sell? Long story short, she sold this person a fraction of what it was she does. It was a coaching package and she sold it as a fraction of the package at like one coaching session a month. And I said, why bother? And she right. said, well, she said that, um, I, she goes, I asked her what would be a no brainer. And she said, if, um, if I spent less time with you and I go, do you realize the purpose of coaching? It's to actually spend more time with you, not less time. I said, yeah. how effective will you be in that less time? And, and, and at the end, will she actually value it? Because she's not going to experience your amazingness because she didn't pay for it because she said she, what she was saying was, I can't afford you. And that's when you go, come back when you can. Yeah. And of course, and I'm, I'm sorry, I know you're listening. I mean, it was an <laughs> aha for her. It was an aha for her. She got it. But she, mm-hmm. but what she came back to was, like, oh, this is my own money story because I was once where she is and I relate to that. And so I fell into that and gave her that. She's like, do I go back now and, and tell her? I go, no, now you, you sleep with it and you learn from it and you follow yep. through with it and you do it and you never do it again. I've made that mistake. And, you know, we know that you got to go and we really don't know what the theme of this podcast was with you. It was just fireside chat with, with, with Jeff, it appears. Uh, you were going to be at Outbound in Atlanta with us. Mm-hmm. And um, what is something that are, um, that we can expect from you at Outbound? Um, real. You can expect real. Um, I You can expect like... I'm delivering one of the elite workshops on Friday, and um, Me too. oh, we're do- well. You know what? We're battling. We have the same time slot. That's okay. Can we expect a pocket square? Oh, you can expect at least one pocket square. Um, you can you can expect me to be real. You can expect me to be reactive. Actually, um, I've got plenty of stuff to talk about, but the workshop's only an hour, so it's going to be. Um, we're going to do a surface level on the five forgotten fundamentals of prospecting. And we're going to go deep with whatever who's in that room wants me to go deep on. And cause that's more fun. Uh, read the book. It's only 50 pages. Like I wrote the kind of book that I like to read. It's 50 pages long. It's got pictures in it. So there's a lot that we can cover and I can go in any different direction, but to combine a four hour workshop into an hour doesn't make any sense. So let's do, we'll hit all the highlights and then we'll go deep with the audience and where they want to go. So probably that'll probably end up being around creating tension. Um, but, uh, cause that's where they typically go, but awesome. that's well, what you can expect from we're me. We're excited to see you at outbound. Um, it's been fun having you on the show. We could talk to you forever. You probably should come back. Can we do this again? Because you didn't yes. get to the rapid fire questions at the end. Or no, anything. we didn't. But but bef- but before you leave, tell us where everybody can find you if they want to reach out to you and get your book with pictures. Awesome, thank you. Um, JeffBajorek.com. Um, oh, and that's my website, and it's it's great. I just had it redone, and I'm really proud of it. But what I'm also really proud of is a, a community that I'm building at RethinkTheWayYouSell.com, mm. and it's free. There, there are some premium options in there if you want, but the free platform itself is really cool. We have a couple of courses in there, and we're having fun. So awesome! Before you go, and we'll 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 do our um, wrap up and and end this show. We'll let you we'll let you go. But one last question, real fast, mm-hmm. um, that is part of our rapid fire. But I want to put you on the spot. We need to know how you define sexy. Curves. Oh. 
Thank you. Is that the answer you're looking for? I'll take um, it. <laughs> uh, I like the. Um, I thought about it. I, I thought about this actually because I did my homework, but. Um, <laughs> I want to preface this by saying confidence, but confidence can mean different things to different people. Mm -hmm. Confidence from the standpoint of ownership and from power. Yeah. And um, like when you own yourself, when you own the material, that level of confidence is something I call swagger. And I referred back to it very often because salespeople need it. Um, But the same thing that makes salespeople um, effective is really what makes people sexy. So I, I think uh, I'm going to say swagger. Love it. Well, you got a lot of swagger, my friend. So thank you for being <laughs> here. Best. We can't wait to see you and your pocket square at Outbound in Atlanta. Awesome. Thank you. It was so awesome having Jeff on our show, Warners. And thank you for listening to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warns You About, sponsored by Sales Gravy. We love being in the gravy. For more information about our show, go to womenyourmotherwarnsyouabout.com. Check that out. And hey, maybe you want to improve some of your prospecting. Check out Sales Gravy University while you're at it too. I'm Gina Tremarco. You can find out more about me at our website or ginatremarco.com. And for Rachel, you can find me all over social media as The Singing Lender or at the website of the same name and for fitness ultra fit lifestyle and be sure to head over to itunes and drop us a review we would so appreciate it so we can spread more love and knowledge to more people oh and one more thing warners if you are thinking about coming to outbound we highly recommend it and you can do it virtually too so go to outboundconference.com and you can use a special code to get a little money off warners 100 is that code we hope to see you at outbound Bye, Warners. This really will get serious soon. Yeah, I don't, it, it doesn't have to. I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.